You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, to preview this Chiefs game, we have one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on the show with us today. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start covering the Chargers over five years ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking out the show for the first time today. We very much appreciate it. And another thank you to our loyal fans checking back in with us again. But it's game week, guys, and the Chargers have a chance to kind of bounce back this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a very, very tough game. So on today's show, we're going to be starting it a little differently. We're going to start today with our keys for success defensively. Then in the middle segment, we'll be getting into our keys for success offensively. And another juicy matchup for Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. And then to wrap up the show, we'll talk about the injury report where Joey Bosa is showing up on there. Also, Chris Harris Jr. and Justin Jones still out at practice. So we have to get into that before getting into our bold in-game predictions. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys about the Locked On NFL Draft Show because it's back and better than ever with Eric Crocker, former NFL player, bringing the player scouting in. Ryan Tracy bringing the analytics. So make sure you follow Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we're going to switch things up a little bit today and start with our keys for success to try to give us a little bit more time to get into this one. And I want to start with the defensive side of things, which obviously on Sunday is going to be the tougher matchup for the Chargers, the Chargers defense versus that high-powered, high-octane Kansas City Chiefs offense, which, you know, is borderline legendary over the last few years for what they've been able to do to pretty much anyone, any defense. But the Chargers have played them tough, and that was with Gus Bradley, right? So unless that was just the Gus Bradley, you know, special sauce working itself in there, I mean, there are ways for the Chargers to at least hang in this game, David. So when you're looking at the defensive side of things for the Chargers, what is what are your keys to what the Chargers have to do to try to slow them down? Yeah, the first key for me on the defensive side is to be prepared for the off-script plays. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best in the league when the play breaks down. So you have to continue to cover your man. You have to play whistle to whistle. He's accurate from throwing from many different arm angles. He can throw on the run. He can really throw and strike from anywhere on the football field. So you have to make sure that you're ready and you cover until the play is over. It's very, very important. It's a huge part of the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I mean, his off-platform stuff is crazy. And I think that, for me, it's just, yeah, keeping him in the pocket, collapsing in the pocket around him, because it's not just that, it's also him running the football, right? I mean, over the last couple of years, there's been so many big-time third downs that Patrick Mahomes will keep it on his feet, he'll convert, and then they end up going down and scoring points. And that's something I think will have to be good for the Chargers, is their containment, is trying to collapse the pocket. And that's harder, you know, to do than just me saying it. I mean, every team wants to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket to try to stop those off-script plays where guys are just getting wide open because you can't just stick with receivers forever. So that's going to be huge. But for Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the last three games, he's averaged 47 rushing yards per game against the Chargers defense. And like I said, it's just led to points, big-time third-down conversions. And I think that also will help you stop those big plays from happening outside the pocket as well. John, where are you going with your keys for the Chargers defense? Well, it's a simple one, really, but it's also not that simple. It's you got to keep the pressure 
on the offensive line, really, of the of the Chiefs. They're a whole new bunch. They're not the same starting five from last year, so the chemistry's not completely there yet. So you got to have some kind of stunts or something going on to get those guys out of rhythm and get the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Do we have the guys to really get the pressure? You got Joy Bosa and Nishinobosu. After that, it's really a crapshoot of who's going to be the next one to cause pressure if they even get there. But the whole point of getting the pressure going is do not let their plays develop. Once you get their plays developed, you're going to have guys catching the ball in space with a lot of room to run, and that's where they're dangerous. But if you can make Mahomes try to throw that ball a little bit earlier and that that pass is really just put in a spot where someone can get tackled for a four-yard gain, now you're keeping yourself in the game, preventing the explosive plays. It's all going to be an offensive line, defensive line type of game here, but the Chargers are kind of trailing already in that perspective because our defensive line is not doing too well, but Kenneth Murray blitzing, I think that could make a big difference in this game as well. Well, and we'll see if Joey Bosa plays too. I mean, we're all hoping he does right now. Obviously, he hasn't practiced at all this week, but especially if you don't have him, I mean, you're going to need to be creative because I don't think Patrick Mahomes has been sacked yet. I thought Chris Clark said that on the crossover yesterday that they've given up some pressures, the young guys on the offensive line, but they haven't been giving up sacks. So that has to change for the Chargers. You have to especially with how Patrick Mahomes likes to float back in the pocket, right? He'll float back 15 yards, right? 20 yards sometimes just because he has the arm strength where he's not really worried about where he's throwing it from. So I think that if you can come up with a couple of those big plays, and I think that's just another thing. I mean, I think for the Chargers defense, I think you expect the Kansas City Chiefs to put up points against anybody. But I think, David, sometimes it just comes down to which defense is going to make a couple of big plays, right? I just think that if the Chargers can make a couple of big plays, get an interception that turns into points, cause a fumble, get back on that, right? Score a special teams touchdown, right? I know we're talking about defense, but I just think if the defense can just make a couple plays because it's so hard to say that they're going to contain them for the entire day, at least you're giving yourself a shot. Yeah, the turnovers are huge, especially against this Chiefs team because they can score at will. The turnovers, they change the momentum in the game. They give your team some shorter fields most of the time, and obviously it gives you more cracks to score. So, yeah, I love that. It's very, very important to give your offense more opportunities to score in this one. My next key is to use Derwin to try to erase Travis Kelsey. I think uh, back in 2019 when they were able to go at it, uh, Derwin limited him limited to Kelsey to about 60 yards receiving, and that's a really damn good day, obviously, because Travis Kelsey is one of the best football players in the league. I mean, regardless of position, the guy, like I said, is like a wide receiver uh, in a tight end's body. So you want to try to erase him as much as possible. And also, I would like to see them bracket Tyreek Hill, have somebody obviously one-on-one with a safety over the top. Those are the two guys that the Chiefs are going to look at first and foremost to try to beat you. So if you can try to erase them and take them away and try to make a McColl Hardman and a Pringle and whoever else beat you, then that's, that's the game plan. Do not let Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey wreck this game. Well, I think it's sometimes as simple as like if both of those guys blow up, you don't have a chance. You're just never going to be able to keep up. If only one of them has a really good game, you probably have a little bit of a chance, right? But if you can keep them to both moderate games, you're going to have a great chance to win. Yeah, if you're making Byron Pringle beat you or Demarcus Robinson. Like even last week, we saw some of those guys making plays, but it's not the same offense without those dynamic players. But you also, with those dynamic players, have to be able to tackle in the open field too. I mean, that's going to be huge with these guys because if you miss one of them, that could turn it, you know, from a 20-yard gain if you're Nazir Adderley missing a tackle over the middle on a guy streaking across the middle to a 40-yard touchdown or a 60-yard touchdown. It can happen that fast, John. But 
I also think that two guys, I mean, I think Nazir Adder is going to have to have a big game. I think Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis are going to have to have really good games too, John, because we know how explosive this passing attack is. We need those guys to be tackling, right? You need those guys to be making plays on the football and just making Patrick Mahomes' life a little bit harder, even though you might not be able to totally stop him. Well, when it comes to Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr., they also need to be jamming at the line and keeping those guys from getting a quick head start on the play as well. If you can do stuff like that, you're preventing those big plays and that huge separation, and you give your defense a chance to catch up to Patrick Mahomes. As far as the safeties go, nobody gets past you over the top, and you've got to be disciplined as well. If you're, it, The Chiefs love to do those kind of deep routes where they go from one side of the field to the other, and the safety likes to cheat and follow it. And Now, you're, if the safety is supposed to be on the right side of the field and they cheated to the left side to follow that guy, now you left the whole other side of the field open and there's more big plays happening. It's going to be a lot of being disciplined. you got to know your assignment and stick to your assignment. Staley is probably going to know what the hell he's talking about this week. It's going to be up to the players to stay disciplined and stay in their spots and do their assignments. If you start cheating and getting drawn into another side of the field because you followed someone you were supposed to, there goes a big play. And the Chiefs love to do that to people. I really love what you said about jamming at the line. That's something that Daniel Jeremiah brought up on a YouTube video on the Chargers YouTube page is, that you know the the teams that were playing against Travis Kelsey had a lot of success limiting him when they were able to jam him at the line and not let him get a free release. They're going to try to put him in motion a lot to try to avoid that, but every time you get a chance to jam him, you got to do it. Especially if you get in those like third and four situations, right? Like if you can just get that extra beat on those types of plays, it can make all the difference. But if you're, you know, sitting off and all he has to do is run a little out route really quickly and gets a rev from the other receiver. I mean, it's just an easy first down. So I do think that could definitely help. But obviously, jamming's a dangerous game because if you're jamming at the line of scrimmage, there's also the chance that you get beat right off the line of scrimmage. And now you're running free and maybe you have some safety help, but that just makes it a, a ridiculously tough play. But it'll, you'll have to take back, some risks. Which goes to David's point of always making sure you have a safety where Tyreek Hill is because if he gets sure. past you, your safety is going to be your security blanket. Unless McCole Hardman's also on the field at the same time. Like, they have other guys with speed, too, that can do it. But I'm not even disagreeing. Like, you're going to have to take some chances. Like, you can't just play it safe and hope you're going to win. You're going to have to, especially on some of those big third downs, take some shots, play some tight coverage, try to jam at the line of scrimmage, try to get the ball back, try to erase some possessions for Kansas City. I mean, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing here. But everything is easier said than done. Like, we know going up against this specific offense and this talented of a quarterback right but probably don't get let their run game get going let that keep you know sliding and we don't have to have a repeat of last week against the Cowboys totally different rushing attacks but that's something I picked up on as well but we do have two more segments to get into so coming up next we'll talk about what we want to see from this Chargers offense who has a much better matchup than the Chargers defense and we'll get into that coming up after this but first I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar and of course I am talking about Built Bars I love Built Bars David Jokemeyer loves Built Bars John Kegley loves Built Bars. Built Bars are our favorite protein bar. And we all have different flavors that we like, too. That's the funny thing about Built Bar. There's almost no consensus, even in the Lockdown NFL chats. Like, people go to war over different flavors. I mean, I have my favorites. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's so much variety with Built Bar, and you can buy the mixed boxes. So you can keep spicing it up. You can keep trying all the different flavors. Find out which one's your favorite. And the best part is, too, it's also going to fit on your diet because... Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 
only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs, all while being 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Because if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to eat it anyway. So check out the amazing flavors and even save some money with Built Bar. And even save some money on Built Bars. If you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, guys. Well, we talked about what we want to see from the Chargers defense. But we also know that the Chargers offense has a much better matchup, right? And they haven't necessarily been exploiting those easy matchups because we know last week they played against the Dallas Cowboys and they couldn't turn it into an explosive offensive outing especially with you know only having seven offensive drives this week you hope that they're going to change things going up a defense you know it's given in the mid 30s up per game as far as points allowed giving up over 200 rushing yards allowed per game so far I mean obviously going up against the teams they go up against you know going up against the Ravens who you know are going to smash mouth football and the Cleveland Browns who have a really good running attack too but I think we all agree that this is the better matchup for the sides of the Chargers football the sides of the Chargers, but John, when you're looking at what you want to see from the Chargers offense, I think there's a lot you could go with. Where do you want to start? Well, as you mentioned, the Chiefs are not that good at stopping the run. Yeah, they played some pretty good teams, but still, they were their defense was exploited on how bad they are stopping the run. I want to see the Chargers take advantage of that. Yeah. And I don't want to see just straightforward the running between the tackles and the guards. I want to see different kind of running plays to keep the Chiefs' defense at bay and open up the passing game. So jet sweeps, things like a read option that allows Justin Herbert to run the ball, just stuff like that, even an option play like we've seen the Ravens do where Lamar Jackson will start running, he flips it out to the running backs, stuff that keeps the Chiefs defense at bay. And you can also open up the passing game in the meantime while also keeping Patrick Mahomes on the side. We have seen that the Chargers offense these past two games has created a lot of double-digit play drives that eat away the clock and keep their defense on the sideline. I want to see more of that with the run game. And I think that can open up some big shots later on in the game, too. And I think the Chiefs are susceptible to that. You saw them uh, get taken advantage of a couple times against the Browns. I love that key, John. It's definitely very important in this ballgame. Yeah, and I think one of the places that they're going to need the running game the most is something that Brandon Staley talked about this week in a press conference, and that's in the red zone. And I think, for me... That's the biggest thing this week, and we talked about it last week as well, as finishing in the red zone, and especially going up against this offense you're going up against, you're going to have to convert touchdowns when you get to the red zone. And the great news is, the Kansas City Chiefs last year allowed 77% of the drives going into the red zone in four touchdowns, the worst in the league, right? Now, you know, it's which one is going to budge, because the Chargers' red zone offense has been bad this year too. Three out of ten when they get into the red zone as far as scoring touchdowns so far this year. One out of four against Dallas, two out of six against the Washington football team. And Brandon Staley talked specifically about the running game there. And I went back and looked at all the Chargers' red zone possessions this year. They have 12 carries for 27 yards in the red zone. That's an average of 2.25 yards per carry. That's tough to do, right? I mean, that's it, you have to do much better than that if you're the Chargers especially since the Chiefs have only given up one passing touchdown this year so far. So you have to be able to run the football, and you have to be able to score once you get into the red zone. And I think especially when you have weapons like Donald Parham, who hasn't been really getting used down there, and you have Mike Williams and Jared Cook and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, there's no more excuses. You get in the red zone, no penalties, score the ball, score touchdowns, because that's the only way you're going to keep up with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, David. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of my keys is play technically sound football, penalty-free football. The Chargers have had several big plays get taken off the board because of penalties. And penalties are just killer, especially on offense. You know, it puts you behind the chains, forces you to try to climb out of a hole, and, and, lim- and it limits your playbook. You just... You just can't do anything when you're shooting yourself in the foot with the penalties. And uh, in this game, they have to help Storm Norton in pass protection. I know that they have Chris Jones, Chris Jones that they're going to have that defensive end rushing the passer. And I'm sure after they realize that they can't get anything done against Rashawn Slater, they're going to try to switch sides and attack. Uh, they're going to try to attack Storm Norton. So they got to use Jared Cook, keep him in on uh, from time to time to help uh, Storm Norton so he doesn't get harassed and Chris Jones doesn't wreck this game. Yeah, and I think even if you just do it a few times and keep lining up the tight end at the end of the line of scrimmage, like you're gonna know, like they're gonna be thinking about you coming and chipping down on them, even in, on the times where you're trying to get a free release, right? So I do think that plays a part, and I doubt they're just gonna try to start with Rashawn Slater. I mean, I think most teams watching film know exactly where to put Chris Jones from the get go, right? You're gonna put him against Rashawn Slater or the guy who gave up nine pressures last week. So I saw Chris Jones coming off that side a lot last week. I expect that a lot more this week. Justin Herbert's going to have to stay clean in this game because the other thing I have for the Chargers this week is you talked about the penalties a little bit. Penalties are going to be really hard to overcome going up against a very talented team like the Chiefs. But another thing that's going to be hard to overcome to me, John, is that costly turnover. And it seems like the last two games, we're not talking about blame here of Justin Herbert. Like, yeah, Justin Herbert threw it to a Keenan Allen who was falling down in the red zone. That sucks, right? The game before that, he throws another interception inside the 15-yard line when the Chargers were driving in. Those two plays really changed the game dramatically. Obviously, in week one, they were able to come back. But in week two, they weren't able to come back from that, right? They just missed out on those points, and they end up losing by three points. I know how many different things happen, but it seems like the last two games, they just have that one turnover that totally changes the tide, John. And I think they're going to have to get rid of that if they want a chance against the Chiefs. And the weird thing is, those interceptions probably don't happen if it's not for the penalties when you had already scored touchdowns prior to it. So I mean, the penalties go hand-in-hand hand with those turnovers as well because you, yep. if you get a penalty on a touchdown, you just gave yourself more opportunities to commit a turnover. But you're you're 100% right. You cannot be having these late-game turnovers. I'm starting to think that Herbert starts to get really into the game now, and he's like starts to feel like he has to force something. Because he has he has a lot more time opportunities now to try to make the game winning play towards the end these past two games, and I think that's starting to get to him. So I think it's more of just a bring it down a little bit. You don't have to get it all at once. Make your reads and don't let the safety fool you. He also looks like he's getting fooled a few times as well. I think the game against Washington, he got drawn in by the safeties, and there's been a couple plays where he they should have been interceptions, but he got lucky. Herbert just got to calm down. Calm down a little bit. Make your reads. Let the game come to you, and you're going to be fine. He makes amazing throws, which is another key for me is when you start opening up the passing games, let Herbert sling it. He's been making amazing throws down the field. Open up the passing game. It doesn't have to always be short little plays to the tight end or the running backs. Like I've seen some the Chargers do previous years with Anthony Lynn. Open it up. Go deep. Be aggressive. Take those shots. He'll make the throw. And I saw something that from Dan Orlovsky that was pretty interesting today that was circulating Chargers Twitter, which was him saying that the Chargers still aren't throwing deep on first downs as much as he would like. The Chargers, Daniel Popper said, we're third in the NFL in explosive plays so far this year's plays of 16 yards plus. And we've seen them hitting those deeper routes, right? I mean, 
giant games last week were called back, and they still had giant games. You know, third yards to Keenan Allen, multiple 20-yard-plus passes to Mike Williams. So they're still pushing it, but they're not getting those totally behind-the-defense walk-in touchdowns like we talked about a couple of shows ago. Even the deep play to Donald Parham as well. Like, that's a guy that's your second or third-string tight end who's making that deep play. Well, and take some shots right there. I mean, I love the fact that they took a shot there because, hey, we've been struggling in the red zone there thinking – Let's get it from the 30, right? Let's get it from the 40, and we won't have to let them, you know, condense their defense and make things easier for them. We're going to spread it out and hit deep balls when there's more room to operate with, right? So I think They've that's all. They've used Jalen Guyton enough times as a decoy. I think it's time to send him and throw him the ball. Yeah, oh, I mean, amen. you're going to have to give him a chance. I 100% agree. Jalen Guyton was your deep threat early last year. That's how you be key. How would you say came onto the scene, if you will? Why not have we seen that yet this year? Just a decoy? No, you need to make him a vital part of the offense. There's a reason I mean, we kept him over T-Billy. Yeah, and but I mean, I think it helps when you have both of those guys, too, like I talked about. Like, it's easy to know when Jalen Guyton's on the field right now, that's the deep threat, right? When you have two of those guys on the field, you don't know which one of them is the deep threat, which one of them's the decoy or whatever. Like, right now, I've been watching, you know, the last couple of games, I'm not seeing, you know, Jalen Guyton running down, streaking down the field to open. So, like, teams are definitely aware that when he's in the game, they're going to try to hit him deep, and I think that's why you've seen a lot of underneath stuff open up for him, and you get that big, giant cushion against him where you can just throw it to him right away and he gets 10 yards. That happens because teams are respecting the speed now. His game is out there, you know. I agree they have to take some shots. They're going to have to take some risk in this game for sure, but I don't think it's just as simple as, you know, hey, throw it deep to Jalen Guyton because I think they've been trying at least a couple times I've seen them set up to take a shot to him. He hasn't really been open, so I hope that changes this week for sure because you definitely want to see those explosive plays continue and plays that are going to keep you out of the red zone when you're scoring from the 30-plus out, the 40-plus out. So hopefully they can get it done this week. But we do have one more segment to get into because it's time to put our money where our mouth is. We'll talk about the injury reports, but then we'll get into our bold and game prediction for Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is at 10 a.m., everyone, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Don't forget because that's a tricky one in division games that are at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That kind of sucks. It's kind of, I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll be getting to that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about one of the coolest things that we've been doing so far this season with our fans, and that's runyourpool.com. We are doing a Locked On Chargers pick'em pool with runyourpool.com, and I have absolutely loved Run Your Pool because I've done pools at work with my family and stuff before, and I'm always the guy that has to hand out the pieces of paper for everyone to kind of write in who they think is going to win and then collect them and hope everyone turns it in before the deadline. That is terrible. Well, Run Your Pool is going to do all of that for you. I mean, in our league, they're offering a free Chargers jersey for those who are in the league and those who could win the league. But you guys can do it for your office, right? You can do it with your family. And they're going to take care of all the headaches. They're going to keep track of all of your scores. They're going to give you the options of what teams to pick online in a super easy-to-use interface. I've loved using Run Your Pool so far. I mean, I really think it's just so easy to use. And take such a headache, especially away from the people who were running these pick and pulls in the past. But it's not even just pick and pulls. There's so many different ways to customize what your pool is going to be. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, and more. Right now, we can even save you guys some money if you guys want to get started at Run Your Pool. It's not too late to do it. You can go to runyourpool.com and get $10 off when you go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. Or use your promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. Don't miss out. The NFL season is off to an exciting start, so go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. 
I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, and I'm talking about betonline.ag. Right now is the best time of the year to bet, guys. I mean, if you guys aren't betting on football right now, you're really not getting the most out of your football Sundays because there's so many games to bet on right now. There's not even any bye weeks, right? Like, you're getting 16 games every week right now from the NFL. And with Bet Online, you're going to get the best odds and props. You're going to get live in-game betting where you guys can change your fates midway if things aren't going your way. And there's just so many great creative bets to choose from and so many different contests going on right now. And since you guys listen to the show, if you go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up and using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, we talked about our keys for success, and I think the Chargers definitely have a shot in this game. I don't think any one of us thinks that there's no shot for the Chargers to win, but we'll see if any of us pick the Chargers to win at the end of the show in our final predictions. But I do want to start with the injury report because, of course, it's the Chargers, and, of course, you know, you see some names on there that you don't want to see, specifically Joey Bosa, because I think when we are looking at the game plan for this one, guys, I think we're assuming that Justin Jones and Chris Harris Jr., Two big blows for this team, admittedly. I mean, those are two big losses. The Chargers didn't have them last week. They haven't been able to come back to practice. And I think if you've seen a guy miss a game, I think they're going to want to see him back at practice before he plays in the next game. Joey Bosa is the wild card here, David, because we saw them not practice Austin Eckler, but one of the days he was out in pads and he still didn't practice. Like, that whole situation was weird. But you did see the precedent of not practicing all week and then playing in the game on Sunday. Then again, Justin Jones got... Sorry. Then again, Justin Jones... Got cramps, right? And now it looks like he's going to miss his second game in a row. So then when you see Joey Bosa on there, the way he has been this week and what he was talking about after the game last week, it leaves you in a real gray area where you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it gives you a little bit of anxiety, right? Whenever you see Joey Bosa on the injury report. But uh, I also just kind of think back to Brandon Staley saying, hey, he's going to try to manage these guys a little bit differently and try to get them to Sunday, especially the guys that have played a lot of football. And Joey Bosa up to this point has been in the league for four or five seasons now. So he is considered more of a veteran guy. And also on the Monday Zoom call when they were talking about it, he said that he wasn't really that concerned. He doesn't think like it's super serious as far as the ankle is concerned. So I do think this is a situation to where Joey Bosa isn't one of those guys that really needs all the same practice reps as someone who's been in the league for a year or who is a rookie. So uh, obviously you don't like to see him on the injury report. You obviously want to see him practice, but I do believe he's going to play on Sunday. I mean, I believe that if they think he's healthy enough, he'll play, right? It's just hard to know how they feel about it right now because we haven't really seen any consistency with that yet. And it's only been two weeks, so it's kind of hard. Like, I feel like with Anthony Lynn, he had a certain way, right? If guys didn't practice on certain days, you were almost certain they weren't going to play on Sunday, right? We don't have those tendencies yet with Brandon Staley. On the Chiefs side of things, they're looking pretty healthy. It looks like all of their guys are going to go. But we'll see how much the absence of... Justin Jones and Chris Harris Jr. affects the Chargers this weekend. But time to get into what we love to do and get into our bold predictions. So we'll go offense or defense here, boys. John Kegley, you have the boldest slash dumbest bold predictions of all time. So where are you going this week? What are you going to say that's not going to come true for the Chargers no matter what? Well, my bold prediction should not be a bold prediction. But based on the first two games, I'm going to say we finally hit that red zone success. And Okay. The Chargers are going to score five red zone touchdowns in this game against the Chiefs. 
and you know also four more 20 plus yard touchdowns right outside of the red zone too so that's a pretty bold prediction john that's like that could actually happen you're gonna wait for me to give that whole speech and like you know for you to say that keenan allen's gonna catch 15 balls for 275 yards and then you're gonna do that and pull the rug on me like that I feel like it's pretty bold seeing how we've only no, had two touchdowns total it, in the season. Totally. It's bold, but, like, it could happen. Like, if they get four, right, are we super surprised? I mean, with the way it's been going, but against this defense, you know, so five is definitely bold. But I think there's, an, you know, an outside chance we actually see that in this game this week, but I probably mean, not. That's also saying we're going to score at least 35 points in this game as Correct. well. Correct. I mean, yeah, but you're not obviously if you're not getting in the red zone and settling for field goals, though, which is just the best, right? If they go four for four there, I'll be, you know, well, less happy, he, but it'll still be pretty damn good. We all we all know a field goal for a touchdown is a fair trade for the Chargers. Only for the Chargers. David, where are you going with your bowl prediction this week? Yeah, I think the, the first two games of the season have been very, very sloppy. A lot of penalties. So I think in this one, Brandon Staley has probably been ripping the team a new new one the entire week. So I think they're going to have less than six penalties throughout this game. I mean, less than six would be pretty bold for the Chargers with the pace that they're currently on. So I think that's definitely a bold prediction. I'm going to go with a player in this one and not go with a team one, even though that seems to be the trend. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. I haven't used Austin Eckler so far this season. I think whether it's running the football or catching the football against these Chiefs linebackers. I think Austin Eckler has one of the best matchups this weekend going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm going to say 12 carries for 80 yards for Austin Eckler and then seven receptions for 100 yards. So 180 total yards and two total touchdowns for Austin Eckler in this one. I'm a believer in Austin Eckler. I love the way he's been running this year, even more physical seemingly. Still as elusive as he's ever been, so I'm excited to see what he does in this one. But it's time for the game predictions. Is anyone going to pick the Chargers to win in this game? I don't know because we didn't talk about it. So, John, I started with you first for bowl predictions. David, I'll go with you first for the final game predictions. Who's going to win this game? Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to have a lot of success running the football in this one. I think they're going to be really committed to running the ball. Uh, I think on defense, uh, they're going to do their best to try to, to, to limit Travis Kelsey. But it is still the Chiefs, and until I see, I see the Chargers beat the Chiefs at full strength, I can't pick them to win. So, unfortunately, I'm picking the Chargers to lose 38-34. to 34. What? Now, that is a shootout. That's a shootout, John. How do you see it? Well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm just surprised <laughs> that David picked the Chargers to lose. I'm, I'm kind of shocked here. But um, <laughs> if you look at the the – past years against the Chiefs. At one point, the Chargers had an all-time series lead, a 55-52-1. But the Chiefs have won 12 of the last 14, and one of those wins the Chargers got was against the Chiefs' backups. The other win, everyone remembers, Mike Williams' two-point conversion at the end of the game to win it. The best one. Other than that, Alex Smiths and the Patrick Mahomes have owned the Chargers' his number over the past eight years. I don't think this game's going to be any different. I think the Chargers are probably going to have their best offensive game of the season. But I don't think the Chargers defense is going to have a, that good of a game. I think the Chargers fall in this game 38-35 to another game-winning field goal. Oh, my God. You guys were, like, almost exactly the same. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. Week twos are just terrible, so at least it's week three because this year, week two, the Chargers lose a 56-yard field goal to you know lose the game. 
as time expires. And then the year before that, week two against the Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Herbert's first game, you lose on a walk-off 58-yarder by Harrison Bucker. So at least it's week three. I want to come with some magic for you guys. I want to tell you that I think the Chargers are going to win. Yet I'm not even as optimistic that they're going to keep it as close as David and John are saying just because I still have to see the offense prove that they're going to put up points when they get to the red zone. I fully believe in them moving the ball down the field, but I just am not sure how they're going to do if they're going to be able to just score every time they get in the red zone to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I do think the offense will have a good game. I think they're going to be explosive and get a bunch, you know, a ton more yards. But I think that they're still going to lose in this one, unfortunately. I have the Chiefs 34, the Chargers 24. So I have a 10-point loss for the Chargers. I just think that I'm still waiting to see this offense, you know, fully come together. And I know what the Kansas City Chiefs offense looks like. So for me, I'm just, the Chargers are going to have to prove it to me a little bit. Usually when I make predictions like this, I get it shoved in my face and the Chargers win. We'll see what happens. We'll see what about, happens. I was just about to say. Kind of hoping for that. Yeah. It was part of my prediction, too. Usually when usually when Wade makes these predictions, it, it, the Chargers somehow just go, hey, guess what? We're going to win this week. How'd you doubt us? <laughs> it's always when I doubt them the most. Like, when I doubt them the most, that's when they're like, you know what? We're going to go stomp on the Packers real quick. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, How about you doubt that, right? It's, like, it's always when we're all convinced that they're going to lose. And they've done that forever. I mean, that one year it was the Seahawks, right, with the – Percy Harvin stepping on the sideline, but the Chargers still winning anyways. I think that the Antonio Gates three touchdown game wildness of that oh, year, right? That but like it just amazing. it's it's always those games like that. The Kansas City Chiefs, even with the Chargers streaking, nobody thought they were gonna beat the Chiefs that year. I There's thought, always a game on their schedule where they pull something like that off. I thought I thought Wade was gonna go against my pick and pick the Chargers to win so you can try to kick me in that pick them pool. <sighs> I mean, I love runyourpool.com. Trust me, I do. Does it mean that I've been good at it? No. I mean, I've been the worst of the show so far. Not even picking against the spread. It's been just absolutely brutal for me. But I hope we're wrong. I hope the Chargers pull out some magic in Arrowhead. Shades of 2018. Mike Williams, big game. Keenan Allen, big game. They have a great opportunity to do so. The Chargers have a chance to go into Arrowhead and shock everybody. We'll see if they can do it again. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday with our reactions to everything that goes down on Sunday. But until then, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from for free on all platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app. You can find us everywhere and make sure to rate and review if you have a choice there wherever you get your podcast from. But you can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and John Kegley on Twitter at BiggestChargerFan as well as the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. But we also have a new Instagram page, which you guys can find at LockedOnChargers. You have the links to all of the different places you can find the podcast in the bio there and our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But really enjoyed you guys this week. Really loved how much of you guys used us for a little bit of therapy this week after that tough loss last week. We really appreciate you guys coming back for even the losses, right? Even when it's tough to listen about the Chargers because I know I, you know, all, we were all Charger fans, grew up Charger fans. We've all felt that. You want to turn off the TV. You don't want to listen to everything. So to see people wanting to listen to us, even after a loss, I think is one of the greatest compliments we can get. So win, lose, or drop, we'll be back with you guys here on Monday to give you everything that happened in Sunday's game. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.